You're listening to Civic Conversations, a podcast collaboration between the League of Women Voters, Bloomington-Monroe County, and WFHB. I'm Becky Hill, your host. Jim Allison is on vacation. We are pleased to say that you can find Civic Conversations each month on WFHB at 93.1 and 98.1 FN. You can also find the podcast on the League website. We are pleased to welcome today's guests, Dr. Clark Britton and George Hageman of the Monroe County Public Health Board. They are here to talk about public health in Monroe County. Welcome to both of you. My first question is, tell me what the role of the Board of Health is and what their core functions are. George, can you help me with that? The uh, Board of Health is kind of like the uh, Board of Directors, which governs or directs the uh, health department. It's appointed by the county commissioners, seven members, uh, all in health-related professional areas as their expertise. And it meets about, uh, well, monthly lately. uh, And all of the meetings are available to the public, uh, open to the public. The core functions of the department are firstly to uh, deal with health matters, and the health officer is the chief person who um, oversees the operation, Uh, and that person is before you and the person of Dr. Britton today. Under uh, him comes uh, Lori Kelly, who is the health department administrator, and she deals with the details of the departmental uh, functioning from day to day. That includes two clinics, one of which is the Futures Family Planning Clinic, which is located in the uh, health building on the corner of 7th and and, uh, and College. And then the other clinic is the major clinic, the uh, Monroe County Public Health Clinic over on Miller Drive, about a block north of of, uh, Walnut Street on Miller Drive. Out of that uh clinic has run many, many different programs, nurses and and immunizations and, and things of that sort. Under the health department as such, that is located in the health building on 7th and, and uh, College, are environmental protection, people who deal with swimming pools, lead, radon, uh, any kind of toxin in the environment, and they go out and work with the emergency management people if there's a spill uh, from, say, an overturned uh, uh, truck out on the major roads. All of the food protection people are located in that building. Uh, they do the um, licensing of restaurants, inspection of the restaurants, uh, training of the food handlers, um who work in the restaurants. There's also health education, uh, people who go out and work in the schools or with other uh, groups of various kinds, talking about sexually transmitted and other diseases, which are of public health interest. Then there are the uh, wastewater people, on-site wastewater. They deal with septic systems, leaking septage, locating septic systems that may be in conflict with utilities, that sort of thing. And finally, 
the role that almost everybody knows from the health department, that is vital statistics, birth certificates and death certificates. Tell me, Dr. Britton, what do you think are the biggest issues we face today in public health? Well, that's a little bit of a loaded question, and I, I'll, I'll try to keep it medical. Um, we, we, we still have people uh, dying unnecessarily of, of preventable diseases. Um, and, and some of our role in, in the public health sphere is education. Um, and I think I, I talked about this earlier. We know from lots of really good studies that a dollar spent on prevention saves seven dollars to the community. So um, what what the the state of Indiana has recognized along those same lines is that if if we put more money into prevention, uh, we can spend less money on fixing problems. And so this past legislative session, um, uh, Health First Indiana, or SB1, uh, was passed and it, and it funded um, the public health in Indiana much higher than had been funded in the past, $75 million for fiscal 24 and, and $150 million for 25. And, and that's many times more dollars than have been spent in the past. It's still probably not enough, but it's so much better than it was. And so we're able to address things like uh, disease prevention, education, uh, and, and, and part of the, the funding in, in that bill goes for people who can get the word out. George mentioned uh, we're in the schools and, and we want to get the word out as much as we can, healthy lifestyles and so forth. Um, we have um, a needle exchange program that, that, that can help people um, if, if they're going to do something stupid like uh, injecting uh, toxic things, at least use clean needles. And that can that alone has been shown to decrease the incidence of HIV and hepatitis C, which are enormous financial burdens for the community. Um, and and as you know, from recent experience, we've had to deal with COVID, monkeypox, um, meningitis, um, th- things that... Um, make people really nervous and and sometimes they're lethal problems and and there's ways to prevent these things from getting you vaccinations and isolation and and uh, risk reduction measures and so we're working hard to get the word out on all of those things and and that's kind of a daily uh, commitment within the health department we have as george alluded to we've got um uh people doing safety measures to help prevent um, contamination of drinking water by safe septic systems, uh, food inspections in, in restaurants to help prevent salmonella outbreaks and this sort of thing. And so even though it's a, it's a, a silent, not very glamorous thing, it, 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 it works and it is what has helped us evolve from an a average lifespan of about 47 years of age uh, in 1900 to uh, 80 years of age in, um, in 2020. And in fact, uh, just for what it's worth, in the state of Indiana, Monroe County is the third longest longevity lifespan in the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could you, Dr. Britton, could you repeat again? I, I know that Monroe County opted in to the Indiana Health 
first initiative, which was the legislative um, allocation of money. And how yeah. much was that again for Monroe County? So the the total amount for the state was seventy five million for twenty four hundred fifty million for twenty five. Okay. If you do the math and the numbers of people that opted in or the counties that opted in and the population of those counties, our take on that is a little over a million and a half dollars. Does increase the... increase funding for the the okay. the county health department? Okay. The, over the... and above what it has been in the past. Does the department have a plan on how they're going to spend that money and how are they, where do they hope to allocate the bulk of that money? So, uh, of course, as you might imagine, it came with strings and um, guidelines. And so there's a percentage that has to go to certain things. And and Lori Kelly is a really fine uh, administrator of the health department and has come up with some suggestions and and we're working through that a lot of it's going to go into extra personnel and ability to do more inspections and more education more outreach okay and you know i know that the 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 current per resident public health cost is 55 dollars, with the national average being 91 per capita i mean is it higher or lower in monroe county george you want to take that I think it's lower in Monroe County for a couple of reasons. Historically, there has been relatively little funding, as Dr. Ritten noted, uh, but also we've got so many students in the county that it sort of distorts our population a bit. Okay. So we can offer the services for the the people in, in general, and then the university handles a lot of, well, essentially half our population for half the year. So... Uh, that that tends to uh, distort things a bit. But yes, it's been low, but it's getting better. We're about approaching the national average at this point per capita. Okay. And and as you said, Dr. Britton, the focus is going to be on preventative. Am I right? Yes. Okay. All right. But 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 again, you know, we're we're doing inspections and we're finding things as of they course. happen, but we're trying to be a little more proactive than reactive. One of the striking things is that we have to deal with climate change. New diseases are emerging as the climate changes and and as the uh, new vectors like mosquitoes and ticks uh, and sand flies come north and, and uh, bedevil us together with their parasites, which are transferred to us to make us sick. Well, and one of the things that the Department of Health has started doing is testing the wastewater. Is that right? I mean, to, I mean, during COVID, it was tested. Am, am I correct in that? Actually, the City of Bloomington Utilities Department tests for the presence of viral RNA, COVID nineteen RNA, in the wastewater, and there's about a, um, I think, a, a five day advance peak in the. COVID-19 RNA found in the wastewater flow uh, in advance of what is actually seen in in people presenting themselves in physicians' offices and at the hospital. So it's a predictive measure, and it it is a test, yes. Well, thank you for joining me, gentlemen. Thanks for listening to us on Civic Conversations. This is Becky Hill of the League of Women Voters, Bloomington, Monroe County. The League of Women Voters is a nonpartisan, grassroots, citizen-led organization 
that has fought since 1920 to improve our government and engage all citizens in the decisions that impact our lives. Next month, we welcome author Anita Morgan to talk about her new book, We Must Be Fearless, The Women's Suffrage Movement in Indiana.